You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Haglund. Amen. Good morning. It's good to have you guys worship with us, man. I need to worship this morning. The Bible says in Psalms that God inhabits the praises of his people. And often when God shows up, you know, things change. Uh, there's just something about when God shows up. I needed worship this morning. We are starting a brand new series today. Didn't Dean do a good job last week if you got a chance? I did, so it was awesome. Our local lead pastor here in Simsville, I wanna take a second to honor him. My wife and I and our family were on a great vacation and we missed worship night, but I heard it was just incredible and just awesome and exciting to see the different things that God is doing. We are starting a new series today. Before I dive into that though, a couple things I wanna kinda talk to you guys about. The first is this is, you may not know this, we actually have a preschool as part of our church. And a church down the road opened up their doors to us not long after Renovation Church started, Bethlehem Baptist, right there in between Simpsonville and Fountain Inn. And uh, we've been running our preschool there, Littletown, for a while. Well, the church, they are having a men's conference. And they've actually invited me to be one of the speakers at the men's conference. And I'm incredibly honored. And I wanna show you a picture. This is a flyer. And so men, I wanna invite you. I wanna challenge you if you're able to. This actually is a really incredible opportunity. We're gonna be gathering together at the end of this month, the 26th and 27th, at Bethlehem Baptist. Um, so I have to say this. I am the least well-dressed ever in this picture. <laughs> And, and it drives me nuts because they pulled my picture from the website and Minister Mosley, who's organized, everyone else looks incredibly good. And then there's Jeremy, the scrub. Now, I got to tell you, it doesn't, okay, so this last week as we're getting together for this, they reach out to me, they say, hey, hey, Pastor Jeremy, you know, can you send us a headshot? So I'm thinking this is my chance to at least do better. And so Thursday, <laughs> So Thursday, I'm like, okay, I may not wear a tie, but I'm gonna throw on a suit jacket and I'm gonna look good. And that's what I'm gonna do because honestly, that's ridiculous. I mean, and by the way, all of those speakers are incredible. So I'm already intimidated and it doesn't help that I look like a scrub. They're all incredible men of God and incredible speakers. So I get a suit jacket on and I ask Jeff, worship leader this one, I'm like, hey man, can we take some pictures? I need a headshot. And so he graciously does, but that was the worst mistake of my life because he kept the outtakes of those pictures. And hold on, before you, don't show it yet. So, <laughs> they posted one of the outtakes offside of my office door, and then I get to move the podium up this morning to teach you guys God's word in a serious manner, and they taped the picture to the podium. Now you can show them. Just ridiculous is what it is. Oh, Lord have mercy. They had to Photoshop the snot out of that so before we sent it over there. I do, you know, man, I really, you know, it's incredible God's opened up this door. I really would love to see you there with us. I'm gonna be sharing Saturday morning, but these are incredible godly men who are gonna be giving God's word. I would really, truly love to invite you to be part of that. So anyway, invitations out to you, men. The end of the month, you can sign up, you can look at the flyer. I don't have any there, but I'll have some next Sunday so you can get an idea of what that looks like. But I'm incredibly honored, honestly, for the privilege of doing that and excited to see what God does. 
The next thing I wanna share with you guys is we have a lot of new people who've kind of made Renovation Simpsonville their church home. And I wanna take a moment to ask a question, which is simply this, what does Renovation Church care about? I'm not gonna take a lot of time on this, but I wanna do a quick flyby on the heartbeat of our church. And if you've been coming for a while, this is stuff that you've heard before, but I wanna do a quick reminder. What is it that we, as Renovation Church, what do we care about? Essentially, if I can boil down who we are or who we want to be. We're not always this, we're a very imperfect church, but this is the direction that we're marching down. If I could boil down who we are into two words, the first is that we wanna be followers, we wanna be following, that's the first word, we wanna be following Jesus. From the core of my soul, my prayer is that people don't just believe in Jesus, but that they take him at his word when he said follow me. That we don't, we're not called just to attend church and then to live our lives like it doesn't matter. We're called more than just to believe, we're called to actually follow him. And my hope and prayer is that if we do anything as a church, it's to give you the tools so that you know what it means to follow Jesus, so that you know what it means to pray, so that you know what it means to read his word. That's why Rooted is such a big deal for us. I don't want you just to believe in him, I want you to follow him, why? Because he is the very best thing that will ever, ever, ever happen to you. And so if I can tell you anything about our heart, it's this, is that I hope and pray that you and I, that we're following Jesus. And here's what's beautiful about this. I love this. You know why? Because all of us are different. We, come, we, we, we process information differently. My wife and I are different. We, all of us in this room, we process information differently. We come from different backgrounds. But you know what's amazing is that when we all follow Jesus, even though all of us are different, he's the same. And there's nowhere else that we can all stand on common ground because he's the same. And I absolutely love this. And so, so you know what my real heartbeat is? My real heartbeat is that we would be followers of Jesus, not just us as adults, but if you have kids in this church that when they grow up at Renovation Church, when they graduate high school and go off to college, they know who Jesus is, why Jesus is, they know how to follow him, and then when they go into the world, they are grounded and rooted in his word. That is my prayer. And so I, wanna be, I don't want just to be believers. I want us to be followers of him. The next word that really matters to us is that we, we are building his kingdom. That we would be building his kingdom. Now, I wanna say this. The church is not an institution. The church is not a building. I think we understand this. By the way, the church is also not a Sunday morning service. Sunday morning is just the gathering of the church. It's not a service. And you know what the church is? The church is you. And so my prayer, if we do anything as a church, is to give you the tools so you can follow Jesus, but also so that you will have the purpose to understand why you're here. Listen, I would hate it for anyone to say I attend church. You know why? Because you are never called to attend church, you are always called to be the church. So when we talk about building, what I wanna do is I want you to understand, listen, you may be a plumber, but you also may have a gift in teaching. You may be an attorney, but you also may have a gift for hospitality. You may be a doctor in this room, but you may have a gift for writing. Now, maybe you have to type it out because doctors in writing is a thing, but. <laughs> My point is, is that you are not called to attend the church. That's a mistake. That's not the way ever church was meant to be. You are the church. And if we can build anything, I hope that we build you. Now, do we do this always perfectly? Of course we don't, we're still growing. We're not even eight years old yet, but this is the heartbeat of our church is that we would build into you. And, and there's two ways in which we build. We wanna build into you to give you the tools so that you find yourself being an active member of God's community. But we also believe in unity in the church. You know, we believe not just in renovation church, but we believe in building unity right here in the upstate. We have given away tens of thousands of dollars to churches right around the corner from us. We helped launch an organization. There's a thing that happens every year called One Prayer and Renovation Church helped launch that. 
And we're an active participant in that. And we do things all the time for the body to come together of different denominations. We have charismatics and Baptists in the same room. And we're getting along, mostly. We even, we have Presbyterians in the same room. We have Church of the Nazarene in the same, I mean, I'm a, we have different denominations and we're gathering together. Again, Jesus, we're all different, he's the same. And so we believe in unity. Let me give you a quick example of what this means for us. Right down the road, is a, right down the road from us is a church that's much larger than us, First Baptist of Simpsonville, also called Upstate Church. They've grown tremendously in the last little bit. We have partnered with them. Uh, Joe, who's now over in Greenville, leading Greenville campus, he was our worship pastor in Simpsonville. We often, they often ask and we let him go lead worship down at the main campus of First Baptist in Simpsonville. By the way, that's not normal for one church to let their worship pastor go lead at another church right down the road. That's not normal. We, but we believe in the kingdom. And so we're like, this is awesome and a great relationship established with them as well. They had all, first of all, they have all kinds of property. But they had an old school that they've had forever and, and they weren't using it. And so we have something called Worship Cooperative, which is training worship people for free in God's kingdom. And they come and we train them. And so we needed a space because we use every square inch of this building. So we needed a space to do this. They had space. And do you know what we did? They said, well, you can use our space. We said, okay, great. The, pro the thing is, is that the air conditioner wasn't working and it needed some improvements. So you know what? We as a church... We put in a brand new HVAC system. It was, I don't remember, I think fifteen to $17,000. And then we spent another 10 grand upfitting that entire location. So we spent twenty-five dollars to $27,000 fixing up their space. And I want you to know something. Zero leases were signed. Not one. If they turn around tomorrow and say, you can't use it anymore, we say, well, to the glory of God, may it be used for his kingdom. And they haven't done that. Because the church working together. You are the church, we wanna build you up, but then we are also the church here in the upstate. We live in a divided world. What could be more powerful than a united church? So we believe in this. So I just want you to know, if you wanna know who Renovation Church is, now do we do this perfectly? Of course we don't. We're not, listen, we're, we're like a first grader. We're not, even in, like, we're, we're not even eight years old yet, but this is the heartbeat of who we are and where we're going. So you wanna know where, what we care about? I want you to be a follower of Jesus, I do because I know that Jesus is the best thing and I want you to be a builder in his kingdom. It's not how many people can build up our church. I actually don't care about that. It's how our church can build up the people. And it's not about what happens on Sunday morning that, listen, if I can give you the tools so that in your week you can be the church, that's what I care about. You be the good employee in your company. You be the good neighbor in your neighborhood. You be that person. You be the, why? Because Jesus said you are the light of the world. So this is the heartbeat of our church. All right, I need to move on because I have a whole lot for this message this morning. All right, the title, we are doing a series on prayer. What I wanna be doing is examining uh, the Lord's Prayer. Now, our Father's the title of this message this morning. And, um, sorry, you, sorry, I gotta change my time. What time is it right now? How much, it says I have negative 22, three seconds. 10, 10, all right, I got 20 minutes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. All right, buckle up, guys. Fast-speaking Jeremy's on the horizon. Real quick, someone in our church gave, us, gave me a book, and I'm gonna be using this book as a resource in this, and I wanna give credit to where credit is due. Yes, I'm speaking fast, hold on, here it is. I'll show you an image, here's a picture of this book that I'm doing, it's the Jewish background of the Lord's Prayer. Brad Young, if you're interested, it's a very short book, but I'm using this as a source in this, and I wanted you to be aware where some of the information is coming from, okay? All right, having said that, the title of this message is called Our Father. When it comes to prayer, I wanna pause today and remember all of us remember who we are praying to. 
I'm gonna start actually at the beginning real quick uh, with this, uh, a verse you're gonna see, it's gonna feel like it's kind of out of place for a second, but I wanna use this to kind of set us up for where we're going, ready? It's Luke 2, 21, you sometimes read this over Christmas time, but it says this in God's word, eight days later when the baby was circumcised, by the way, I, just a side note, I love this about Jesus, he fulfilled the Jewish law and tradition, and oftentimes we think that maybe he just removed it, no, 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 he actually walked in it, he was faithful to it, and here he is being faithful to it. Even though he was a baby, he preordained this thing from happening. Anyway, so I'll read it again. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, his, uh, he was named Jesus. The name given him by an angel even before he was conceived. So the Hebrew name, we, we call it Jesus, is actually a transliteration because there's really no J in the Hebrew. His actual name in the Hebrew is Yeshua. That's what would it be, and, and Yeshua is actually short for Yahashua, which is Joshua. And so if you wanna know actually where Jesus comes from, it comes from Yeshua, which is really Yahashua in the Hebrew, which is actually Joshua. Now, Joshua actually means to deliver or to rescue. So here Jesus is, and he's named Yeshua. Now, what happened in the transliteration of things is they tried to get the, the Yeshua sound and going into the language that we're using today, and the best thing they came up with was the J sound, and so that's where we get the, our modern take on what Jesus is. My name in Spanish is Jeremias, and oftentimes my name in Spanish, it starts with a J, and there's a J in Spanish, but because of how it sounds in Spanish, many times in Latin America, they would actually write my name with the G, Jeremias. So just in languages and changing, I want you to, it's just a quick synopsis, ready? So here it is, here's Yeshua, really Yahashua, whose name means to rescue and to deliver. By the way, Christ is not a name, it's a title. Christ means anointed one. So here's Jesus' name, ready? Here is the anointed one who has come to deliver us. That's his name. Now, to deliver us from what? Well, to, li- to deliver us from sin. But when you look at the very beginning in Genesis, chap- in, in Genesis chapter three, when we fell, the thing that was the most broken was our relationship with God. It broke. We felt ashamed for the first time in our life. And if you read Genesis three, it's this really weird passage where Adam and Eve were naked and they realized that they were naked. It's a weird verse to put in there, but they were ashamed and it's the first time they experienced shame with God. And, and, and it's incredible. So all of a sudden, and by the way, in Genesis 3.15, it's the first time that God mentions that he's gonna send someone to rescue us. It's called a proto-evangelium where there's a mention that he's gonna send someone through the seed of a woman to crush the serpent on its head. So someone, God is gonna send someone to deliver and to rescue people back. Listen, he doesn't come just to deliver us from our sin. He comes to deliver us back to God. And this matters because of where we're going. So, A lot of content, I'm going kind of quick and I'm sorry, but this content is interesting and it's fascinating. So Jesus starts doing his earthly ministry and in Matthew chapter six, his disciples go to him and they say, Jesus, and they've seen Jesus do some pretty incredible things. They've heard him teach some stuff. So they say, Jesus, man, can you teach us how to pray? Obviously you know what you're doing. So Jesus gets in there and says, listen, first of all, when you pray, don't just go stand on the street corner and Babylon. By the way, I think it's awesome that he said Babylon. (laughs) One of my first jobs, in the Greenville area, I was, I was uh, hired to work for a church for free, which is awesome. So I had to get other jobs so I could work at the church for free. And uh, one of the jobs I got was I was a telemarketer at Dial America. This is off hey, uh, Roper Mountain Road. It was the worst job ever, by the way. And you have to read a script, and so someone comes on, and I'm trying to get them a credit card, and immediately people are angry. Immediately they're hanging up, but you have to read a script. 
and you gotta read the script, I only helped one person who was actually thankful for me. Everyone else hated my guts. That was one of my first jobs. And, and sometimes, so Jesus has a moment where he's teaching us to pray and he says, go into your prayer closet. He said, don't just go and babble on. And my interpretation is stop being a telemarketer. Stop giving me a script. And how many times in my life have I given God a script? Because I think sometimes we think that for God to hear us, we have to, okay, God, I was not good here. I need to be better here. It's like we have to like barter a little bit with him. Jesus says, when you go to pray, stop being a telemarketer. Go into your closet and your father, he's gonna hear you and he'll reward you. And then he gives an example of how to pray, which is the Lord's Prayer, which is what we're gonna look at over the next couple of weeks. And it starts off, and we read it earlier during worship, and it's, it's in the King James, which is what most people know, and it is our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's beautiful. In the New uh, Living Translation, which is what we're using this morning, he starts off his prayer by saying this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Here Jesus is, He's coming to deliver us and we wanna follow him and he's gonna give us an example of how to pray. And prayer is powerful. We're gonna see that in this series. But he models for us how to pray and he starts off a prayer by saying, our Father in heaven. That's why a lot of people when they start off praying, dear Heavenly Father or Heavenly Father, why? Because it's the Lord's Prayer. That's how it starts. And by the way, it ends with in Jesus' name because later in John, the gospel, it says, if you ask anything in my name, it'll happen. And so we say, in Jesus' name, amen, so be it. Now, it starts off in this beautiful way, but there's two words I wanna highlight. The first is this. First word is Father. One of the things that's true about, I've lived in seven countries. In all the seven countries that I've lived in, I'll tell you one thing that's true in all the countries. A father has an incredibly important role in the lives of those around them. I don't wanna minimize the role of a mother, equally important, but a father's voice is incredible. And if you grew up with a, a tough or difficult relationship with your earthly father, it can be very difficult to understand your heavenly father. And so just, just put that there. If you had an abusive earthly father, it's hard to imagine a good heavenly father. Sometimes we equate what we experienced on earth with God who sits in heaven. And so we might believe that God is distant, busy, gone. And the reason why this matters is because how you see God is gonna determine how you pray. If God is distant, then you're not gonna interact with him in the right way, but Jesus starts off by saying, Heavenly Father, our Father in heaven. And this is massive that we would understand the Father, and it's true of any place that I've lived, I've seen that the voice of the Father is significant. In my own house, I've realized that my voice is really significant to those, my kids, I have three of them. I, my youngest, he's four, uh, and he's spicy. I mean, like, he can throw down some attitude sometimes. And he also is hilarious at the same time. My daughter on vacation that we just went on captured a moment. We're sitting down and eating in which we had to tell him something that he didn't want to hear. And look at the, the pro listen, his emotions. Let's just, I'm going to show you. Here's him. I'll start off. Oh, we're having a good time. Happy Ellis. Then we had to tell him something he didn't want to hear. And it progresses to, wait a second. <laughs> what? And then it goes from that to like, his wheels start turning, he's oh. And my daughter captured all of this. He's upset. And then it goes to, I don't like this. Why would you, why would you do this to me? And then, here's the finally settling in, son. 
it's the emotions. Like all this, the stages of, like he's going through it. And it's awesome. This last week, one of the rules in our house is we don't want our kids, so we have a TV in our bedroom, my wife and I, and we don't want our kids eating on our bed. And so my son who's four, he knows the rule is he can't eat on our bed. We have a white comforter, and, but he likes to watch a show in our bedroom. And so I come back and I go into our bedroom and I see all kinds of evidence of his water bottle, which had grape juice in it. And yeah, y'all with me. Oh, and a granola bar with the chocolate chips. And we get the granola bar from Costco and those chocolate chips fly off the handle like left and right. And when they fall in the sheets, they melt. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay. And he's in the room and I, so in my house, there's something called, my kids call it firm voice. I joke around all the time. We laugh all the time in our house. But every once in a while, firm voice comes out. And my kids don't like firm voice. It's not yelling, but it's firm. And I look over at my son and I'm seeing evidence of a picnic on our bed and stains. And I go get the stain remover and as I'm washing it, he's sitting there looking at me and I look at him and I give him firm voice. I say, Ellis, you know the rules, son. This is not something you should do. I'm disappointed you made this choice. And he says, Daddy, I'm sorry. And then I keep cleaning and he leaves. And I'm like, I'm like still mad a little bit, but also like, okay, that kind of broke my heart a little bit. <laughs> He's not around and I don't see him. And I realize he went to hide. So I go to his room, which is upstairs. He had closed the door to his room. He had put himself under his bed. And before I even get to where he is, I can hear his cries from outside of his door. And I go to where he is and I pick him up and I put him in my lap and I said, son, even though I had to correct you, I will always love you. There are grown men and women to this day, you talk about their father and they begin to weep. You know Judge Judy on TV who throws down on some convictions on some people? When she talks about her dad, she gets emotional. Out of all the ways that Jesus could talk about prayer or God's relationship with us, do you know what he uses? He uses Father. This is not a small deal, this is a massive deal. And maybe you didn't have a good earthly father. You know, you can have spiritual fathers, other men who can have a powerful impact and voice in your life. In our church, when we launched Renovation Church, there was a pastor up in Virginia. I knew him when I was in high school. His son was one of my best friends. And when we started Renovation Church in the movie theater, he came and he believed in us. He came down to where we were. And I'll never forget when we first moved into this building, when Westside joined us, he came and he visited us and he walked around and he said, son, it is amazing what God has done. And we were sitting right there where my wife is, him and I talking, and he's looking at me. He goes, they just joined you? I said, yeah. He goes, son, how does that happen? I said, I don't know. And then what he did is he got down on his knees and he just began to pray and thank God for what God was doing. And then two years ago, he would call me from time to time and check in with me. And he began to lose his memory and he began to forget his short-term memory began to go, but he would call me from time to time and I wasn't able to get I missed his call, and so he left a voicemail on my phone. I'm gonna play it for you real quick. This is Pastor Arley leaving me a voicemail. And even though you don't have a good earthly father, I want you to know you can have spiritual fathers. This was a spiritual father in my life. Listen to this voicemail. Hey, Jeremy, God bless you, son. This is Pastor Arley. I hope when God calls you that he don't get calls that says he's busy 
Of course, I'm just giving you a hard time. I wanted to call you and tell you that I'm thinking about you and praying that God will be with you in your work, that he will strengthen you, and that he will give you the words to say, the things to do, and how to raise up a great church. And, Father, I bless Jeremy in your name. I thank you, Lord, for this fine man that wants to do the work that you called him to do. And I pray, Lord, that you will give him the substance that he needs, the vision that he needs, and the commitment to stay with it till it becomes what he sees in his spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you, son. Be strong. Be powerful. Be bold. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you know what that does for a heart that wonders, can I do this? Man, let me tell you, your voice makes a difference. But the, out of all the things to call, he calls him father. And I have this question I want to ask us. Ready? Whose father is he? He's our father. And I love this because he's, he's not just for those who are perfect or good all the time. You know whose father he is? He's our father. All of us who are messed up, all of us who are broken, he's our father. And this is what I also love, by the way. Listen, I grew, I've lived in seven countries. I grew up in Latin America. My heart is half Hispanic. I believe it is, at least. If you can look at that. I, I, I love, you know what's amazing is he's the same father down in South America as he is right up here. He's the same father in Africa and in Asia and in Europe as he is right here. You know what the Bible says? That he is the God of every tribe, nation, and tongue. He is our father. And so Jesus starts off with, how do you pray? Well, who are you praying to? You're not praying to just anybody. You're praying to our father. But I want to take this even a step further because I believe there's even a deeper meaning and it's unbelievably beautiful. After Jesus is resurrected, in John, actually, I'm gonna take it. This verse is gonna be on the screen. In John chapter 20, he's talking with Mary, and, and this is what happens to her. Ready? He says, Jesus said to her, it's kind of a weird verse, but look, look at this. Jesus said, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But listen, this is Jesus. But go and tell my brethren to say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. So who did Jesus come to deliver us from? From sin, just to make us good little people who don't do bad things? That is not what Jesus fully meant to do. Just not doing bad things is the purpose of being a Christian. He came to redeem us back to his Father. And so when he does the prayer, when he models it, he says this, our Father, not just as you and I, but Jesus' dad is our dad. And this carries incredible weight and incredible implications. Our Father, the Father of the Son of the living God is now our Father. So when you pray and when I pray, it's not just to anybody, it is to the Father of all. Our Father. To my Father and your Father. To deliver us back to how things meant to be from the very beginning. It's incredible. He is good. Actually, well, let me, let me skip to the next thing. So the first part of, that, of this Lord's Prayer is Father. The next thing I'm gonna highlight is the name. It says in the King James, hallowed be thy name. 
And I know we don't talk in New King, or King James English anymore. So the New Living Translation translated, let your name be holy. Hallowed essentially means sanctified and holy, which really means set apart. The antonym of hallowed is profane. So he's saying here, our father, let us not profane your name. In other words, God's name is set apart, it's different. Let me translate this for you and I today in our world to have it make sense, ready? God the Father is set apart from all evil in our life. We cannot profane his name. Holy means set apart. All the evil in the, that comes against us, he is not that. He is set apart from that. The evil we experience in our life comes from a lot of different places. It comes because we live in a broken world because of sin. Evil also comes into our life because we have selfishness in our own hearts and we do things that sometimes jack up the situation. Evil also comes from our enemy, the adversary, who's Satan. And by the way, he is out to get you and your family. And do you know what Jesus calls Satan, by the way? It's it's interesting. In John chapter eight, I believe it's verse 44. I'm not gonna put this verse on the screen because I have a lot of different verses. He's talking, he's talking actually to, he's talking to some people and he calls them children of the devil. And then you know what he calls Satan? He calls Satan the father of lies. So you know what, you know what the Lord's prayer is? The Lord's prayer is us rejecting the father of lies and going to the father of truth who's set apart, who doesn't do evil in our life and we go to him and we proclaim his goodness over us. And then I have this question and this matters, right? Is he good? We can't profane his name. First, know when you pray who you're praying to. He is father. He's our father. But if you don't believe he's good in worship this morning, I have no idea what the set lists are on Sunday morning. The last song, it's your breath in our lungs. It's a big song for my wife and I because our son, Ellis, you just saw his pictures. When he was born, he was born premature. And we were at St. Francis and they had to rush him over to Greenville NICU. We thought he was gonna die. And my wife and I, as we were praying over our son, not sure if he was gonna live or die or not, the song that kept reverberating in our minds was, it's your breath in our lungs. It's your breath in his lungs. It's your breath in his lungs. And God saw it fit to save our son so he can be four years old with us today and giving us crazy, ridiculous faces and putting chocolate on my bed sheets. But that song, it's your breath in our lungs. And then last year, my dad got COVID and he, that affected his breathing and he should have died. In fact, the doctors were shocked that he lived. In fact, I was caring for him. And I thought, okay, God, it's your breath in his lungs. So for me, I don't know about you, for you, but I will say this. Is God good? He is better than I ever could deserve or imagine because when I didn't deserve it, he was there. And even if my dad would have died, even if my son would have died, I believe with all my heart that I know where they would go. Because Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And so my father is good. He is unbelievably good. I'm gonna end, and I was actually supposed to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of James, which I totally didn't do. So because I wanna end with this verse. Actually, go ahead, turn to the book of James chapter one. I'm gonna give you a second because I want you to read these verses for yourself. In James chapter one, you can click there or turn there. Is God good? And Jesus says, our father who art in heaven, in Jewish tradition, it holds that the father is this, 
he was kind to his kids. He would discipline his kids, but he'd always discipline in love. And the father could be tender and incredible. And man, the father is awesome, but the father's name is good. And it's hallowed and it's not meant to be profane. He is set apart from all evil that comes into our life. God doesn't mean anything bad to come into your life. James answers this or talks about this in James chapter one. And I want to start reading in verse 12. I want you to see, or excuse me, verse 13. And I want you to see what God's word says. This is James, by the way, the brother. And he says this. And remember when you are being tempted, do not say that God is tempting me. This is verse 13 of James 1. I'm reading from the New Living. God is never tempted to do wrong. Why? Because his name is hallowed. It's set apart from all evil. He's never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It's explaining where the brokenness comes from. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Ready? Whatever is good, this is verse 17, and perfect comes down to us from God. Ready? Our Father. Who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting, a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by, by giving us his true word. And by the way, Jesus is the word. The word made flesh. And we, out of all creation, became the Father's prized possession. So I'll end it with, is he good? James would say that every good and precious gift comes from God ready, the Father. So when you pray and when I pray, we go to God who is our heavenly Father. And his name is set apart from all the evil and brokenness in our life. And when we begin to start our prayers this way, it will dramatically change how we pray. By the way, we're just getting started in this series. I hope you buckle up and join us because God has a lot to teach us because he's our deliverer to deliver us back to his father. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pause on our Sunday. In fact, Heavenly Father, I sense you wanting to heal some wounds this morning. I even believe, God, that you were working on hearts this morning during worship. I know that at times in my life I have wondered whether you are good. And I know that people in here have wondered that as well. I know that at times we have questioned where you were. When in fact, God, as your word tells us, every good thing I have has been given to me by you. And it is you who has a purpose and plan for my life to, to give me, to, to, to bring me back to you. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending your son. Because when he gave his life, he paid for all of my sin. Every area that I've gone wrong in, he paid for so that I can come to you without barrier. 
so that, God, I can walk with you and know you. I pray for all of the hearts this morning, all of our mind, all of our thoughts, that we would be people, men and women of all ages and backgrounds, that this week when we pray, we would understand who we are praying to. We are praying to our Heavenly Father, whose name is set apart from all evil and brokenness out there, whose name is there to bring us hope and a future, and that it would change the way that we pray. God, I just pray for Renovation Church, that you would have us come alive, that we would seek after you with our hearts, that we would follow you, because there is no one and nothing compared to you. We love you, Jesus, and we, we thank you for this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.